The prophets make us very uncomfortable. Sometimes it's their message itself that offends us. Sometimes they're just downright rude. Consider the preaching points of John the Baptist. You brood of vipers. He calls them a bunch of low-down snakes, and most of them are the religious people who are coming out to listen to him. Or how about this one? It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife, John says to Herod Antipas, addressing the ruling families who thought that they, unlike the rest of us, are ethically immune. Good thing that doesn't happen today. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? John, sending a message in prison to Jesus. Did I get it wrong? Why is it taking so long? Did, did I not quite understand that day that you were baptized? Our, our theme now is Jesus people. It's a follow-up from Jesus 365, and we're going to explore this a variety of ways this year. What does it mean to be Jesus people? What does it mean to follow Jesus? And one of the ways we're doing that between now and Pentecost is we are joining with congregations all around the world each Sunday looking at the same passages of Scripture, and today, that's from John chapter 1. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the chosen one. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he watched Jesus walk by. He exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. And they came and they saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of God for the people of God. It was a beautiful day in Athens, Georgia, and the pastor was on the way with a group of friends marching into Sanford Stadium for a University of Georgia football game when they came upon the evangelist. 
He was a very large man who was standing outside holding up signs about the eternal damnation of drunkards and shouting out Bible verses that doomed all the people around them. And then one of those eternally doomed drunk people came up to him and confronted him. Let me get this straight. Well, he didn't say it quite that fast. He slurred it a little bit. Let me get this straight. I'm going to hell because I've had too many beers? Well, what about all the Big Macs and fries you've been eating, big boy? And that's when he pokes him right in the belly and he laughed. And he seemed quite amused by his own theological insight. And so he added to that, seriously, big boy, what about gluttons? The evangelist stayed with his script, proclaiming all drunkards are hell-bound, and he did not react to this invasion into his personal space. But the one guy just would not let it go. Maybe I'll see you there, he said, poking him in the chest and laughing as he walked away. But it wasn't funny. It was more than awkward. It was intense. And it was sad and it was disturbing. Two people treating each other with contempt, hurling Bible verses at each other like verbal grenades. One of the pastor's Jewish friends happened to be there who turned to the pastor and said, well, you see why I'm not a Christian. And the only response the pastor could offer was, I, I think they forgot to read the part about love one another and judge not that you should not be judged. John the Baptist, oh, he made people uncomfortable. Let's be honest, I think he still does today. There are some preachers I heard growing up that reminded me of what I thought that must be like, well, that was, that's what John the Baptist was like. Outspoken, a little mean, dressed completely out of style, and terrible table manners. There's the story, of course, of the two frontier pastors who are arguing with each other about whose church is more biblical, whose church is really the right church, and the Baptist preacher, realizing that he was losing the argument, finally blurted out, well, they didn't call him John the Presbyterian, did they? <laughs> the prophets, they've always been a troublesome bunch. On the one hand, it's thrilling to read about them. They're odd and they're unique and their messages really are right up in our face. And on the other hand, we're offended by their haughtiness and their attitude and their actions and, well, and their message. Consider Elisha the prophet. Some city boys from Bethel make the mistake of sneaking up behind Elisha and shouting out not once but twice, go away, bald head. Pay attention, people. <laughs> Two bears, by the way, this is just a wonderful piece of art. It has Elijah going up to heaven, in a world, and it has Elisha standing there with way too much hair, and those are two bears. Two bears come out of the woods and maul the boys, all 42 of them. And Elisha casually continues on to his appointment at Mount Carmel. They are not always a compassionate bunch, the prophets. 
Or consider Jeremiah the prophet who stands up in front of a crowd of people and takes a clay pot and holds it over his head and when he finally has their attention, smashes it to pieces and says, that's you, that's what's going to happen to you, that's your future. And he was right. So much for comforting words from the prophets. Or consider Amos. The economy is great. The country's doing wonderful. The trade is up with all the foreign nations around them, and they are at peace. And the prophet Amos appears and tells them about the doom that is coming on them and how they're going to be invaded 20 years before it happens. He is laughed off the stage. It's not just his message, it's the timing. And he warns them as they live in luxury. He calls the women cows condemns them for their winter and their summer homes. What they need, you say, is a good dose of religion. And that's just what the prophet condemns. God says, I hate your festivals and your solemn assemblies, and I will no longer accept your burnt offerings or hear your songs. Pay attention. I apologize. Or in other words... God says, I'm fed up with your worship services. I'm fed up with your offerings. I'm fed up with your bumper stickers and your music. What I really want is justice. How can you come and worship and then sell people for, for money? Let justice roll down like waters, he said, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's what God wants. And even Amos cries, uncle, when God says, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to really judge them now. And Amos cries out on behalf of those very people, oh God, cease. I beg you, Jacob is too small, he, he can't take it. They can't take it, not what you're about to do. And what did it get them, these prophets? Jeremiah was thrown into a cistern. Rumor has it that Isaiah was sawn in two, and we don't know how Amos got his. It's neither comfortable nor desirable to be a prophet. And no biblical prophet is on record as having asked for the job. Some even run from it. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Finally, a chance to tell the enemy, the real enemy, not your neighbor next door, but your real enemy that God is going to get you and get you good. And Jonah runs in the opposite direction as far as he can go, and then he gets on a boat. And when God finally catches up to him, makes him an offer he can't refuse, and he goes and he preaches an angry sermon to those Ninevites, they actually listen. And they repent, and they pray, and they wait. Sometimes it's hard for us to imagine that God loves everybody else as much as God loves us. Not the people like us, you know, those people. Do we really believe that God loves, well, you fill in the blank. And there's Jonah after one of the most successful revival meetings ever. 
sitting down under a tree and praying, just take my life now, God. It's better to die than to live with this. I knew before I ever left home that you're a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. I knew, I knew as soon as I preached to those people, you'd forgive them. All they had to do was say they were sorry. It's a disturbing turn of events when your God forgives your enemies. Oh, let's do another one. What about Ezekiel? Now, there's a prophet. Hardcore. Mm, not the one you want as your neighbor. He's into visions and dreams, and he has visions of creatures that are covered with eyes, and they all glow in the dark. And He gets a message from God, and he eats the Word of God, thumb index and all, and it tastes sweet like honey. God's message can be that as well. Remember the day Ezekiel is standing there and God takes him to, he's looking out on the valley and it's covered with dry bones. Not just people who have recently died, they have been dead a long time. Hopeless. And the voice says, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel says, that sounds like a bonus question. I think I'll pass on that. And prophesy. Speak God's word. Speak it over these bones. And there's a rattling and they come together. And the breath, the spirit of God blows over them. And they live. People who had given up. People who thought they had no future. People who thought they had no life. And the story doesn't end with these Old Testament figures. For the hope is that once again the Messiah will appear. Once again God has not given up. Once again God's presence will be live and real and remember and will change the world. To be a prophet is to be the one who speaks for God. Period. It's not about fortune telling and it's not about making a fortune it's about delivering God's message. As one person remarked, the prophets were drunk on God in the presence of their terrible tipsiness. No one was ever comfortable. So let's go back to the role of John the Baptist, that prophet who's in the wilderness railing against these people. What's his real message? What's his real purpose? What's he really doing? Look, he said, there, there he is. There he is. There's the Lamb of God, and right there in the first chapter of John, he lets us know what's going to happen in the last of the book as the Paschal lambs are dying on the day of Passover. So Jesus will die, but that is not the end. The salvation, the joy, the purpose, the future. And when John pointed, people looked. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? Isn't that a great answer? A great question. Isn't that a great response from Jesus? What are you looking for? Now we know today, if you're looking for something, you Google it. 
And you can find easily a list of the most Googled things in 2022. Of course, if you want to find that, you Google it. It's a vicious cycle you find yourself in. And I did find that list just in different categories. The, the top person on the entire globe, the top person Googled the most in 2022, Johnny Depp. I know it's a little disappointing, isn't it? Just, just a little bit. And while we're in that category of people, the top actor or actress Googled, entire globe, the top actor Googled for 2022, Johnny Depp again. What is wrong with us? What are we doing with our lives? Yeah. The top movie search. This has nothing to do with the sermon whatsoever. <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder. We are in desperate. We really are desperate. What are you looking for? I think Jesus is still asking that. What, what are you looking for? Maybe you're looking for the wrong thing. Maybe you're looking for the right thing in the wrong place. Maybe you're looking for the wrong thing in the right place. Maybe you're just so close to getting it right. What are you looking for, Jesus said. Their response, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come on. Come and see. Let's hang out. I think just in that little exchange, we have an understanding that faith is a journey, and Jesus knows that. It takes some time. And Jesus invites us on this journey, and we get to bring with us all of our questions and all of our doubts and, and all of our hurt and all of our anger and, and all of our expectations and all of our hopes. Come and see. And the response is, you're not going to believe this. We, we did it. We found the Messiah. Turn the page. They follow him. Jesus calls and they follow him. Sometimes I think we get this whole idea of calling mixed up. We, we read about it so clearly in Scripture about Jesus calls people to follow him to be his students. And then it gets translated in pastors are called and missionaries are called and, and the rest of you are all on your own. And I, I don't think that's the biblical idea at all. I think teachers are called and custodians are called and engineers are called and parents are called and plumbers are called. It's, it's finding what we're gifted for and what needs to be done and, and doing that as unto Christ. Oz Guinness said it this way, to be called is to hear God whisper three things to you in a hundred intimate ways. You are chosen You are gifted. You are special. It doesn't matter what other people have said. It doesn't matter how other people have treated you. It doesn't matter about the disappointments you've had or the pain you've had. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished. Hear this. You are chosen. And you are gifted. And you are special. So what are you looking for? Where are you looking 
today, take a deep breath. You're in the right place. We've pointed us all in the right direction. And now what is God saying to you? Would you close your eyes for just a moment? 2023, most of it is still out in front of us. What's waiting for you? What new adventures and accomplishments? What new challenges? Opportunities? You are chosen. You are gifted. You are special. Lord, would you wrap your arms around every single person in this room, everybody who's listening as we have worshiped today. Fears and hopes. Some questions and doubts. Some joy. Will you nudge us along that path of what you've always dreamed of? Where you've always dreamed their life can be like, their families can be like, their work can be like. In Christ's name we pray. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're still worshiping. We're worshiping in Scripture. We're worshiping in our reflections. We, we worship with silence. We worship in song. And along the way, we... We think worship means listening. And how is God speaking to you this morning? If you've never begun that journey, no one's ever talked to you about that, no one's ever explained about inviting Christ into your life, about recognizing and saying, I, I think I need to stop doing this my way. I think I need to do this God's way. Give God a chance. Would you give us the opportunity to pray with you? You, you can come down during the invitation. You can find one of us after the service. We would love to share with you what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Or you've been looking for a group of people, look around. These people are awesome, except for two of them. But we know where they are in the room. They're awesome. And, and, and daily we're asking, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We're asking, what does it mean to, to go out into the world and go out into our schools and go out into our places where we work and go out into our neighborhoods? Where is God wanting to take us and how is God wanting to use us? Why don't you join us on the mission that God has given to us? Will you stand as we continue our worship? Mm -hmm.